0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We speak today to Nick Appleyard, the CEO of TriStar Gold, yet another South American Gold exploration story. However, they have differentiated themselves by doing a deal with Royal Gold, the large Royalty company. Uh, It's 1.5% NSR with 20 million of warrants. We talked through their business model. Nick knows exactly the point at which he is going to exit or they are going to exit uh, and let others or perhaps more experienced come in and build this thing out uh, we talked to him about that the cash position and management shares and options enjoy the podcast hey Nick how are you doing
1: sir very good thank you it's very good to be here
0: yeah well thanks for coming on and telling us your story so it's new to our audience can you kick off and give us a one-minute overview of the business, and we'll pick it up from there.
1: Yeah, um, Tristar Gold. We're developing a one-gold project. We're just a single asset um, explorer developer, and we've got a gold property in Para State, Brazil.
0: You didn't use your full minutes, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> You got to the point. I'm, sorry. Yeah, um,
1: I'm, I'm pretty good at being very very
0: succinct. Succinct. Okay. Gold star. Um, okay. So I'm interested in um, understanding, you know, how did you get involved with this project and what, you know, what indeed are you trying to do here? What are you trying to build? You know, what's the end game look like? So maybe talk us through your, your, your thinking uh, on that.
1: How we got into it. Well, I came into the company doing a a management takeover in December 2015, and and I brought with me a team of effectively project developers. Um, Over the previous 10-years, we would all worked together, firstly with International Minerals, developing Pine and Immaculata in Peru, which are now core assets of Hothschild mining. And then we did um, Chaparral Gold in Nevada, again developed the Goldfield property through to a production decision, which is now in construction, I believe. Um, and then we went looking for where we could use our skill set again, where we can take this, this set of skills we have to take a project from an exploration discovery through to a production decision, sort of it's jokingly gets called the middle bit, but there's a lot of work and there's a lot of skills required to do that.
0: Okay. So, and, and tell me a little bit about the, you mentioned a couple of projects which you've kind of delivered, which Hoschild or building out, but you know, were you involved from exploration stage and then offloaded? Is it a direct parallel to what you're trying to do now?
1: It was, International Minerals was a bigger company. It was a a, a very big junior, I'd say. Um, So we had an exploration team and we had myself leading the corporate development, the technical team on development. So we did do the exploration and we discovered Cata and then it was sort of handed to me and I took it through, forward developed it. And um, and then Hothschilds came in and we did the joint venture with them. They put it into production and mined it very successfully. Um, as they were putting that into production, we did exactly the same. We, we discovered the, the poor body of Immaculata, um, advanced it to a certain stage, I think to PEA as well, and then okay, Hothschilds came in and, and took over that one as well. Okay. So it's it's a very similar phase here. I think we we see our skill set of the team that's moved forward of from discovery, someone else discovering it, to a production decision.
0: Right. Okay. So today you've got a PEA. The numbers look quite good. But just remind people some of the PEA numbers.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we ran it at twelve fifty gold, and um, we had a post tax IRR of forty three percent, and um, post tax NPV of two hundred and sixty four million. All in sustaining was just under seven hundred dollars an ounce. Um, so, and an average production rate was about one hundred and thirty five thousand ounces a year. So, and that was just on one corner of the project. right. So I think that was exceptional, the results that came out of that.
0: No, it's it's, it's exceptional. Even with a sort of 30% variance either way on a PEA, those are good numbers. And obviously at 1250 Gold uh, today is a very different environment. So um, I I guess the the only thing on that was it's an 8-year mine life, but I think you just indicated it's only one small part of the project. So what are you doing now to build that up?
1: Well, at the at the time we were still drilling out. I we out. We had 1.3 million ounces inferred, and 700,000 indicated. And in 2018, there was no value being assigned for additional inferred ounces. So that's why we stopped drilling out. Um, now it's a little bit of you who know, pays the piper calls the tune. With our investment last year from Royal Gold, you know, buying a 1.5% royalty from us that's driving us, okay, let's take this portion of the property through the production as quickly as we can, get it on that path, which is the PEA portion of the asset. Um, and then we're raising separate money to explore the rest of the property.
0: That's kind of interesting the way they, the, the market has segued, you know, but I think, you know, maybe up until a couple of, well, 18-months ago even, the, the standard business model was, let's just build out resources. The price of Gold isn't. Doing much? Hopefully, there's yeah. some cycle coming through here, and sure enough, August September, it started to move again. So, you're finding that with your your partner with um, with uh, sorry, final gold payments from who? So who was it?
1: Royal, Royal Gold. Royal,
0: Royal Gold, yeah. Um, with Royal Gold's payment, they're, they're sort of driving the strategy slightly. They're, they're, they have needs which are more immediate because typically there's NSR projects, people are happy to sit on them for a while, but I guess they want to take advantage of that well, this situation.
1: Because Royal Gold, they didn't come into an equity finance, they, did, they bought a 1.5% royalty. They get their money back when it starts production. So it's, yeah, it's, it's quite an obvious thing. Okay, um, let's start moving it towards production. They also know that if you move what we call Esperanza South, which is the focus right now towards production. The rest of the project will evolve naturally, and you've got quite a lot of you know, you've got a time frame to do that as you're moving that path forward. So, so it's it's a good path. You know, I mean, we're not we're not unhappy with it. And to drill out and add more inferred ounces at this point, um, if they're incremental, you know, would have marginal value. If it's a, a big jump in numbers, then yeah, that's a different different story. You
0: sound happy with that. It was kind of it goes along with what you're thinking. Was I guess you wouldn't have approached them or been able to get over the line if you didn't agree with that. And as a model we've seen work a lot um, at the moment. But what, but at the eventually you're going to need to build this thing out. I mean, what do you know about what you've got? Because so I, I know you've been doing some drilling, but it's been very specific drilling. So what do you know about the total project?
1: Um, very little, it's the truth at this point. We we know. We've got about, we've identified so far about 19 kilometres when sort of Gold-bearing conglomerates seem to come to surface. Some points it's got very steep and it's not probably that amenable to open-pit mining, but some points it's nice and shallow and it seems amenable to open-pit mining. Um, We've drilled it, we've sort of set, selected about 6 kilometres of that to move forward, you know, under the sort of Royal Gold investment. That 6 kilometres we know a lot about. Um, The rest of it? It's really early days it's really early days all we know is it seems to have been it' was all part of the same system so it's not like you're trying to find another raw body it's part of the same system it's just now okay where's where's the next bit where it's going to be amenable and the highest profit margin
0: okay well let's come back to that in a second so you've been doing some RC drilling you've had some nice numbers coming out do you want to, you want to tell us about what was the plan there and you know do you move into diamond drilling at some point or is it just stick with what you've got.
1: Yeah, no, the RC drilling is, um, it was in-field drilling, so it's the, the plan for it is to upgrade the inferred ounces, to indicators that can be used in the pre-feasibility study. Um, we prefer RC drilling to core drilling in this deposit for a couple of reasons. Um, we get a RC returns a bigger sample, so statistically it can be more relevant than a smaller diameter core. Um, but what we actually do is we combine RC with an optical televiewer. So, that detail that you lose in RC, which is you're getting small broken chips instead of a night's core to look at, we get from the images and we actually get more because we can measure it and get a lot of other detail out of that. So, and then it's half the price and it's probably three or four times faster. Okay, There's a lot of benefits to it.
0: Absolutely. So I mean, tell me a bit about it. I know you've got cash at the moment, so you don't need to go running back to the market, say, for the next 12 months or so. But when you do come back, how do, how, how do those funds or how do those institutions look at RC drilling? Do they give you the same credit or do they kind of discount it?
1: I haven't had any concerns really. I've, had a, I've heard a few stories. I mean, there's a few, you know, I think um, me growing up in Australia, everything's RC drilling. Start with Canada, they start with core. Brazil, they've done more core initially, um, but once people, especially once they've seen the televiewer images and they realise that, that you're not losing anything in data there, um, we haven't really had any pushback on it at all, and we've got enough twin holes to be able to show that we get good results as well.
0: And again, so. And, and what does happen over the next twelve months? You know, what what is the data that you're building, data set that you're building up over the next twelve months? You know, obviously the drilling, but over and above that, which would lend comfort to you know
1: lenders. So there's 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 two paths or two channels, as you might say. The one is the pre-feasibility study. So we, as I said, upgrading the inferred to indicated, doing the metallurgical testing, the geotechnical work, the environmental work, all that stuff that's going to go into pre-feasibility study, the engineering. That will be complete somewhere. I mean, it was going to be the end of this year, but with COVID-19, there's a bit of a delay. certainly early next year. So that's one path. Esperanza South will have. You know, a stack of reports with engineering stamps on them and stuff saying, yeah, this is, this is what it is. Our aim is in that same 12-month period to be able to, we haven't really touched on what we do with Gold Spot Discoveries, but we're doing the, the exploration upside so that when that ex- pre-feasibility study is delivered, we can say, plus we've got this upside sort of delineated or identified yet. It won't be drilled out to resources, but we want to be able to identify it and say, there's this as well.
0: Okay. So, but, but your, your PFS is very much geared towards this, this initial um, go-to-market strategy that you're going with um, based off your discussions with Royal Gold? Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, The PFS is based on that. And it, and it also helps very generally de-risk the project by showing you can advance it through the permitting stages and you're getting the community integration and um, environmental baseline work it is all moving forward. So, it, it is a, even though it's part of it, it, it de-risks the whole project to a certain extent. Beautiful. Okay,
0: and so I know you've got cash, but remind people how much cash you've got.
1: Uh, we've got about five million US in the bank right now.
0: Right. Okay, and um, how's that being allocated?
1: Right now, the majority of that is going to I mean, roughly, you would say, you know, million dollars around the company. Four million to finish the pre fs and a million on the expiration work Round numbers.
0: Okay. Great. That's, I'm happy with that. Um, okay. So, tell me about Brazil because, you know, different companies are able to do different things and depending on which state they're in. You're in Paris state, reasonably good mining state. Um, you, what sort of permits and licences are you waiting for at the moment as you go through this process?
1: They are notoriously slow. Mm-hmm. They're permit, permitting and licencing in Brazil. That's, that's well known. Um, currently, we are on track. Uh, just as a very quick summary, effectively you get six years to explore a uh, concession. You then get once that exploration is complete, you get one year to show there's some economic value on it with a scoping study concession-based one. And uh, then once you get that approved, you then move forward to a mining concession and full permitting. So so our main concession where three quarters of our resources are, is is in that phase now where we're waiting on the approval of our economic assessment, and it's moving into mining concession and full permitting. So, it's been moving forward well, not quickly, but moving forward smoothly. And, um, you know, we have no real complaints on that. The rest of our concessions, the only frustration for me is you can't agglomerate everything and treat it as a project, you're still treating them as individual concessions. That, that's the bit that frustrates me to tell the truth. You know, so we've sort of got one concession that's in its first three years, one concession in its second three years, you know, so you've got to be tracking it all the time. but it works. Like you said, it's a mining jurisdiction. The, the real big thing for me is our state government are pro-mining. They, they recognise the value of the development for them. So, you've got a bit of a wind in your, in your back and, and they're approachable. That's one thing I've changed since the 5-years I've been working here. When we started, it didn't seem that approachable. Now we seem to have very good relationships with them through through our chief geologist and our, and our lawyers in Brazil. They can just call them up and say what's happening with this, what's happening with that. And you, you can get an answer pretty quickly. Right. You Might not get the movement quickly, but you know you'll get there. You know you'll, you'll move through.
0: And as you say, obviously with COVID-19 at the moment, I guess there there's some impacts in terms of travel and movement. But are you have you guys in the field at the moment?
1: Uh, skeleton crew, I mean. Right. Yeah, we we kept. We, we shut our project down into isolation in March and kept the crews there as long as we could. And they, they left site 10 days ago now. Okay. Um, effectively, we finished the RC drilling and okay. um, we got to a point where we had to bring some international consultants in and we couldn't do that. So we, we shut it down.
0: So, so you were what? So, mostly desks. Is there much to be getting on with? Have you got enough information to get on with?
1: Right now, I mean, that's desk work, office work we have. Um, right now, the, f- the field work that we've got to get on with now is, we just sort of touched on it briefly in our press release this morning. We're starting to get some exploration targets coming out of the work with Gold Spot Discoveries. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the way machine learning works and that. It's, I mean, to give to my expectation of their work is they're going to come up and they're going to say, here's 20 targets. 10 of them, you're going to go, Phew, yeah, it's machine learning gone crazy. Out of the other 10, you're going to go, well, 5 of these we already knew about. and Then you can go, these 5 are interesting. There's something new that we couldn't find. And and that's, so we're in the stage now where they're starting to give us that sort of first pile of 20 projects. And um, the skeleton crews on site will be sort of going to look at them in the field and just seeing if it looks real, looks like what they're saying it is, and if it is the target we think it might be. So just doing that initial filtering.
0: Right. Okay. The AI side of things is very, very exciting. We've spoken to a few companies who are uh, looking at it. In fact, we've actually got an AI uh, group coming on and telling us all about it. But it's, it's evolving very, very quickly. It's exciting, exciting.
1: It is very exciting. Yes, and it's. Imp- I've been very impressed with what we've seen out of Goldspot discoveries. It's the thing I've liked about them is they've got really good geologists and stuff. So we don't have to, you know, teach them the geology because they're computer guys. They, they know it and they know what our deliverables need to be. So yeah, they're impressive. i have enjoyed working with them.
0: Fantastic. Let's let's go back to the project stuff. So let's talk about some of the grades. I know you you put some some numbers out there, but can you give people a sort of sense of what you're looking at on the phase one? Is and I know you've got 19 kilometres of strike length there, which is obviously a that's an exciting big number, but it will require a lot of money. So let's focus on what you've got today. So what do those numbers look like?
1: So currently, I think our our average resource grade is probably about 1.3. Okay. Um, when, yeah. we, when we ran our PA at 1250 gold, did that, uh, the pits? Obviously, you know you leave some low grade behind, and it came out at 1.45 as a production grade for that eight years. That's a pretty good guide, I think. If we ran the pits now, looking at the infield drill results, have sort of come in as expected or slightly out of expected. I would expect something similar with the caveat now that. Running at a higher gold price, you'll have a lower cutoff, which will just drop that grade a little bit just because you're bringing in a bit more low grade at the bottom end. So, you know, round numbers on a good day, there'll be a you know, it'll be a gram and a half coming out of these open pits, but probably the average life of mine would be just under that.
0: Yeah, so I think fairly normal for around there. In fact, talking of which, um, again, can you show So, who are the people around you? to give, it, give people who are not new to, you know, new to your story a sort of sense of you know, w- w- the area that you are playing in.
1: So our closest neighbour is a company I think you know, Sarabi and Mike Hodgson. So they have got Coringa just up the road, about 75 five kilometres, which is right next door in Brazilian terms. Um, so they are our closest neighbour.
0: Right. Different sort of play. That's a high, high grade, underground. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Very different sort of play. Yeah. yeah. But it's still nice. They are in the same township. So they are running tailings dams. Cyanide, you know, it's a Gold mine, very well run. I mean, Mike runs a great show there. So, I have a lot of respect for those guys. But they are our closest partner. Um, you get further North, you got Token and Zinio, um, which is has some probably infrastructure challenges. Uh, south of us, you have the sort of the Copper Belt discovery by Angro, which we don't know too much about at this stage, but that, that drilling is just in the north of um, Matagross over the south of us.
0: Right. Okay. And do, you mentioned the word uh, infrastructure there. I mean, what's it like around here? Because again, you know, we have this perception of, you know, it's wet for a lot of lot of the year. How do things get done?
1: Yeah. No, so we're uh, we're really lucky it's, and it is like luck. Um, we're about Fifteen kilometers off of the sealed highway, okay. off the of BR one hundred and sixty-three, which goes up the middle of our state. There's power lines running up there. Uh, about twenty kilometers away is a town of just around ten thousand people, which is a good labor force. And um, and what's nice is, well, that that town are people who are there for originally for logging, mining, agriculture. They used to work in the land. They're they're not going to have, you know, they're not going to be the people who are going to be too concerned about having a mine twenty kilometers away.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Your market cap is what, so circa 60 million uh, bucks at the moment. So that's good. You and you have been sort of, you know, you had a good year. You kind of were creeping up last year. People like the story, obviously. What do you think they're buying into?
1: You know, I mean, obviously, we've seen what we believed in the project. You know, its simplicity and its potential scale. Um, but I think what they've seen now is the, the other people are seeing it. You know, Royal Gold was a really nice validation there. They're, I'm not sure what Mark Kipper, that seven eight billion dollar corporation. For them to look at this, gave us a good credit mark. Um, you know, U.S. Global, RBC, U.S. Gold, Gold Two Thousand. All of those groups people, I think, start to look and go, "Hold on, there's some, there's some quality groups who do a lot of work and know what they're doing, are, are, are buying into this early. Should we be looking at it?" But I think that you know, Royal Gold really pushed people over the edge on that. So that that helped us bring the, crew, the people into it.
0: Okay, and and for this again for phase one. What are you aiming for in terms of ounces? I mean, you because you, you can keep going and you can keep going, but what are With you?
1: Doing? Phase one, the pre-feasibility study we're doing now, the aim is purely to replicate the PA. So, a okay. million one point one million ounce production is the target.
0: Okay, and um, and therefore the life of mine for that particular portion
1: will stay the same. So oh, the, the numbers will stay the same. Everything stays the same. The idea is it stays the same.
0: Okay, and given what you've done for your history, your track record before. What's the point at which you bug out? You leave leave these shores and exit somehow.
1: The way I see it, before we get this pre-feasibility study finished and published, I want to have a pretty good idea on how this is going to get built and who's going to build it and how it's going to work. I'm pretty agnostic to how that happens. I do know that, you know, that myself and the team we've got, we could do it, but there's probably people who could do it better. You know, it's not our core skill set where we have a big advantage over everyone else. Um, you know, so we can keep taking it forward, but we would, you know, we'll be looking for if there's a better option available for our shareholders over the next, you know, 9-12 months as we've completing the PFS yet. Okay. And and that could 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 look like anything. I mean we're agnostic. It's it's whatever's the best for the shareholders.
0: Okay. And so, and just just so I can get a point in the in, in my diary. So I understand what you're yep. aiming for. This this PFS been slightly delayed, but you'd be aiming for what Q1 or Q2 next year?
1: I'll be a bit conservative and say Q2. Q2. Okay. Yeah, because I don't actually know when I can get back to work yet in Brazil.
0: The, this this is true. This is true. And um, will you be tempted during that period if you can get between now and the end of the PSF, How much more expiration? You did mention that you would. Do a little bit more but how much more drilling would you be tempted to do
1: i think the way we see it is we've got you know some money allocated to do that exploration and that's sort of a proof of concept test the initial yeah, testing yeah. only realistically if you hit something everything changes you know if you get something good that looks you know you're going to get a little bit of market reaction and you're going to raise money and you're going to go after it hard right so so I'm, I'm, that's obviously our hope it's, it's you know there's no guarantees on that, but the hope is that we get something, we hit something, and then we can chase it down hard, so that we achieve that aim of getting to say April next year, publishing PFS with round numbers and million ounces coming out of it, and we can show that we've got say, you know value in the rest of the project.
0: Okay, and you've also got Goldspot doing a bit of work for you at the moment. Mm-hmm. What what have they told you?
1: Um, they're at the point now where they're starting to generate targets for us. Um, so, their work has been, like I said, been really impressive. I think it's good because we've got uh, quite a detailed data set we've been building up between the optical tell of your images, the of geophysics, surface geophysics geochemistry far more than a human being can integrate into one at one time. So, their work has been progressing. I think we signed contract with them in December. We started the data transfer to them then. Um, so, yeah, so we're expecting them to come up. They've come up with some initial targeting now, which, as I said, to go through. Yeah, the yeah. But and over places.
0: and above the targeting, is that what is that what you want? Is that why you bring them in? Just to say, well, where do we target? Or can what what I guess what the question should have been is, what other data sets are they interpreting for you, and to what end? Is it all just geared towards targets?
1: Okay, it is all geared towards targets. We we went to them because we had a specific target in mind. That for us to explore would be very expensive, and we wanted to make that more efficient. So everything we've spoke about so far, what we're starting to see is this a long strike. Where's the best spot to hit 19 kilometers? Where's the best spot to find more additional conglomerate on the surface? That's all incremental growth and, and more open pit stuff. There's a, a geological model which we've been working on internally where there's a could be a, a big deposit at depth, um, you know, sort of underneath where we're currently drilling, because we're only drilling 120 meter holes. Um, and we want them to give us a target on that. And, and that's effectively, you know, the way Gold deposits develop. I mean, it's a series of events that concentrates Gold down from, you know, a couple of parts per billion in granite into something you can mine. To get it into the conglomerate, the Paleo you know, there was a series of events at depth, there was one more event that happened, which was it got intruded by granite, remobilized the gold again. If that's concentrated the gold nicely, as we believe it have, and we've got a few little hints that it has, because we have just sort of caught the edges of it in a couple of spots, mm. there could be a very large target at depth, and and that's that's really what we wanted them to help us with. It's okay. like give us that. How's the best way to target this and test this theory? So, so that that. The surface targets seem to be a uh, high probability, you know, but a, but you know, it's like you know, it's incrementally more of the same. The, low, the, the deep target is probably a lower probability, but if it's there, it's a, it's a game changer. It's a, and we want to make sure we don't get to the end of the PFS, have someone else come in and say, oh, we, we'll take this off and move it forward. And they come in and do a one deep hole and go, look what those turkeys missed, you know. <laughs>
0: So are you, you get very excited about the technical stuff. What do you think of your share price? Is it a fair reflection of what you've achieved? Or are you surprised?
1: It's been really tough. It's been surprised to us how tough it's been. Um, right now, you know, you feel like you we, we would have we should have more value. We have got something real, and we have got good upside. When I look at other companies and marketing, good exploration potential or, or a deposit, not not both together on the same platform. Um, but then you also look at some of the other projects, I mean, everyone is beaten up. So it's pretty hard to say we're massively undervalued compared to everyone else. But I think if we're successful this year, it's going to look pretty cheap right now. So yeah, I, I would like to see it higher for sure.
0: It's been, you know, it's been since 2015, it's been tough, tough environment. It's been yeah. Tough to it's get noticed, tough, right? Yeah.
1: It's been tough to get noticed. It's been tough to raise money. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now That's you, been a real tough thing.
0: Insiders and associates of 27% of this company. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. How much of that is management?
1: Directly management and directors. Um, Management directors probably hold twelve, fourteen percent.
0: Twelve percent, probably. Okay. So not bad. And and
1: then there's sort of friends and family and associates, equal amount again.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. It's not random. Right. And and how much do you hold actually?
1: I've got uh, just under two million shares. Okay. so right when I bought in a couple of years ago. So, right, okay. so okay. I, had to, I had to buy them all. <laughs> yeah. you, you, got,
0: you got it. Well, it, it sends a message to the market if, you, you know, if you're if you buying shares, especially to the retail, which is again a big, big piece of this. Um, and so, so who are the institutions that have come in? Obviously you've got an NSR over there with Royal Gold, but who are the names?
1: Uh, US Global, our biggest shareholder. That's uh, Frank Holmes out of San Antonio, Texas. They've got 18% of us maybe now. Uh, Gold 2000 out of Zurich. Have six or seven percent of us. Our uh, RBC in Canada, in Toronto, have five percent. Maybe they're, they're the sort of the, the three big ones, and then there's probably half a dozen others down with a, you know, a few million shares each. So
0: okay, so it's a, a nice one. split. I mean, I was, again, just getting through chat, chat rooms and so forth, and just sort of trying to see who's talking about you. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of chatter. Is that I guess got to come with as far as you're concerned when you get to PFS stage or, you know, do you, do you want to get out there? I mean, what, what, what do you want to try and achieve?
1: Up until, up until the Royal Gold investment came in in August last year, we had, like I said, money was so hard to come by. Um, and we just would go to these investment funds, grab the money we could and everything went into the ground. It was like a decision. Twelve thousand dollars for marketing, or you know, an RC hole was about twelve thousand dollars. About twelve thousand dollars for a It's always one more hole, so we just did very, very little marketing. Um, when Royal Gold came in, we got a larger check. We've actually allocated, sort of, you know, starting of sort of September October last year, to actually market the company for the first time with a formal marketing plan, and we've seen people helping us. So it's fairly new the marketing side of it. So we do want to keep that going. There, yes.
0: That's great. No, that's great. No, I think it's really, really important for you to do that, and you know, because I'm talking to people like us, you know, it's, it's part of that. Part of that is because I'd i, I do agree yeah. with you. There were a lot of companies who approached us on the investment side with very similar stories, perhaps where you would have been pre Royal Gold, and yeah. to distinguish between them, as another is South American yeah. one million ounce resource story. It was like, sure, I don't yeah. know what to, I don't know yeah, what to do, no, but.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and, and also pre sort of two thousand nineteen eighteen, you, know, you could sometimes you could talk to the whole world and wasn't going to change a thing for a while there. Yeah, yeah. So, so now there's now there's an audience to listen as well. So, yeah. so We are trying to get the word out the level.
0: Great. Okay. Well, I think you've done. A, I think you've done a good job. Um, uh, thanks very much for telling us that story. I appreciate. I understand the business model and it makes sense. You know where you sit and you know where you want to. Exit if you can. So that's that, yeah. it's quite well, clear. We know our plan. I
1: think it's a better way. Yeah.
0: That well, exactly. Not many do. Yeah. Not many do, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate that. Stay in touch with us. Let us know how you're getting on. Um, I know it's difficult times with COVID, but I'm sure you'll be back at it, uh, drilling away soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCars